Thank Friday, it's football on BFM 89.9. After a week of European club football action, which has seen seven wins out of eight for English clubs, the focus this weekend returns to the Barclays Premier League, where QPR have a massive test of a West London derby when they entertain Chelsea. And on Sunday, all eyes will be at Old Trafford when United and City meet. Thank Friday, it's football on BFM 89.9. It is a wet Friday evening, but I'm here. Fear not, I'm here. Hi, I'm Ross Yusuf. In the studio with me, Bob Holmes. Hi, Bob. Hi. Looking all dapper and nice and warm. and <laughs> Dapper? Yeah, Ray Jennings is here as well. Evening a, all. A return after a couple of weeks mm-hmm. off. Pravin, Dr. Pravin Paraba is also here. That is a lovely sweater, Bob. <laughs> well... Those have come back in since Bob first started wearing them. Back so. in the 50s, yeah. right? You are son. Right. And province had 1850s. a haircut. Yes, yes. Yes. Uh, I am observant, you know. Follow us on Twitter or tweet us whilst we're on air at BFM Radio. SMS Studio on 016-201-9000. And um, check us out on Facebook. Football on BFM. Like the page. Catch up with past shows there as well. So much to talk about. Well, it all boils down to Tuesday, really, because... Tuesday, the Stone Roses announced that they were getting back together after many, many years apart. I, for one, rejoiced, mm. jumping up and down, going, this is the one, this is the is one. Is anything like the second album? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and also on Tuesday, the two Manchester clubs won. Coincidence? I think not. Let's let's concentrate on, on the game at Old <coughs> Trafford, or not at Old Trafford, in, in Romania even. Where Galati played at the National Stadium, 100-odd miles away from where they usually play their football. United won thanks to two Wayne Rooney penalties. That was his, what, 25th and 26th goal in Europe as an Englishman, which makes him the highest scorer. Mm. But they weren't impressive, were they, Ray? They, I thought they were awful, actually. It was a very sloppy game, gave away possession a number of times. Um, and you'd think with nine changes from the Liverpool game, it would be a better performance, but... Overall, you know, you, you see it on paper, two penalties uh, sending off um, a couple of other incidents. You think it would be a good game, and it wasn't. It. I thought it was awful. Yeah. Um, what about you, Bob? Um, are, are Galati going to go far for you? Or do United look like they're going to be able to take on Barca? That's two separate questions. <laughs> it is, isn't it? <laughs> um, I don't think uh, on that performance, I don't think United have got more, much more chance than Galati against Barcelona, frankly. Um, since they beat Bolton 5-0... Uh, United have struggled. Uh, they've they had a flattering win over Chelsea. Uh, they struggled against Basel. Uh, they got roughed up by Stoke, and uh, they weren't convincing uh, against uh, Galati even, were they? No. And this is a team from the the backwoods of Romania. The chairman said beforehand that he hoped they wouldn't be embarrassed. They, they couldn't even play on their own ground where they get 7,000 spectators. They had to play in Bucharest, the national stadium. Because of the floodlights as well. So, yeah, yeah, it's a, a really almost a village team. Mm. And United uh, got, well, one, I think, definite penalty and one a bit soft. Mm. And, and to Very cap, unconvincing. To cap it all off, Vidic, red card. So he misses the next couple of games yeah. as well. I thought that was a bit harsh, though. I mean, he's gone in, he's gone in high and he's, he's failed to get the ball. I mean, I think that's a yellow card in any other game. I thought it was a bit harsh from the referee. But just to echo what Bob said, aside from the fact that Bob left out the unconvincing performance at Anfield, um, aside from <laughs> that, well, just to echo what Bob said, I think United haven't hit top gear in recent weeks. Mm. So it's interesting. 
interesting that this weekend provides you know a stern test, it's stern opposition. I think fair point. Um, and I, I noticed on the news they talked about cleverly coming back. Have you noticed since he went off against Bolton? They've not been so clever. They just, uh, they just, uh, it's gonna get. Worse, I tell you what, it? it was such a weird game that Michael Carrick was man of the match in Europe. Yeah, that says it all. Oh, that's a really weird. That doesn't that just say <laughs> yeah. everything? Yeah, but hopefully, hopefully he's back this weekend. And I think yeah. United just lose that that attacking, that surging mentality that they had for those first two, three games. Um, hopefully, we'll see a different, different United this weekend. Yeah, I think it's a, a bit of a sad reflection, really, that. Everything seems now to depend on a guy that many United fans had not even heard of when this season started. Mm. Cleverly, who was out on loan at Wigan, right. and, and he'd been elsewhere before that. He was not regarded as a coming superstar or anything far from it. And yet the season seems to hinge on him. Wow. And I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't do it. They have to buy somebody in January. Mm. To, to be fair, Bob, a lot of United last season, in the last few seasons even, the impetus has been provided by Paul Scholes. Paul Scholes comes on in midfield and tends to push the team forward. Uh, and they haven't been able to replace that. You know, I mean, they, they looked at Schneider a lot during the transfer window and they didn't end up getting him. And so you see a lot of central midfielders that don't have the same type of impetus that Scholes used to bring. And I think that's why there's a lot of, you know, a lot of but expectations on Cleverly's shoulders. Well, that's what Cleverly was supposed yeah. to be a natural successor. But he was too young. He was yeah. inexperienced. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, they, they, they talked about really integrating him more into the team this season, not being, you know, a, a major part of the midfield. But he started so brightly against quite difficult teams mm. um, and then got injured. Yeah. So we'll see. Well, yeah. d- don't rule out a cheeky half price bid for Snyder in the transfer window. You heard it here first. I know he's cup tied. He, he won't be able to play in the Champions League. But, but, but still. It, but yeah. the yeah. domestic, they might need him for the Premiership. Yeah. All right. Well, the other game in Group C, Benfica beats Basel 2-0. They are top thanks to goals from Bruno Cesar and Oscar Cardozo. So Benfica top on seven points. Then, then you've got um, Man United on five, Basel on four, Galati yet to score a point. Turning our attentions then to the other Manchester team, the Noisy Neighbours, they're called, the, the ones who play in blue. Um, they beat Villarreal 2-1. It was impressive because Villarreal were pretty good in this one. But then on came Aguero and there you go. It's interesting because it's obviously their first season in, in the Champions League. And when you compare their, their home form, which I'm sure we'll talk about later... Um, They've been quite impressive. They played, apart from a couple of games, quite differently to last season. They've been a lot more attacking-minded. Um, but in the Champions League, I think it does come down to experience. And they're, they're looking cagey in all the games. I mean, that's one win, one loss, one draw, yeah. I think, isn't it? Yes, it is. Um, but to, to look at them against Villarreal, they seem to go back to their sort of template from last season, i.e. quite defensively-minded. And I thought Villarreal were unlucky not to get a draw. Mm. And, and the surprising thing with that is that Villarreal are struggling domestically. It's mm. not that they're setting pulses uh, a race in Spain. So City were expected to comfortably get roll them over, especially given that they arrested Silva, they arrested Nazari, they arrested Edin Dzeko on the weekend and brought them all in. Uh, and in the end, they needed you know a fortunate goal right in the 93rd minute to, mm. to win. So well, uh, Aguero shows you how useful those Argentines are when yeah. they decide they want to come <laughs> on and it's all right. And well, I think uh, Mancini's celebration at the end yeah. said, said it all, it all it? really, yeah. because they were out. Yeah. Um, I mean, not mathematically, but they would have had to have won uh, yeah. their three remaining games and had favourable results elsewhere. Um, and he's also under pressure because the Tevez thing is not going the way he wanted. No. Uh, the latest news is that no other, no player at all, nobody apart from Mancini, uh, has heard uh, Tevez refuse to come on. 
so they're not going to be able to punish him as they thought and Mancini's position is not untenable far from it but it's weakened by this because mm. he went out on a limb over this, didn't mm. he? Finally, M- Mancini made noises this this week about wanting to stay at Man City long term because mm. he's got a year to run or so on his contract. Well, he refers to City as, as not really a team but a project. And, and I think <laughs> if you talk to people that played with him at Leicester, they've made comments along the lines of he's in for the long run. He, it's not one of the... And he said, you know, his previous management experience, it, that, that was stressful. Mm. He's sort of gone... <laughs> he's gone beyond that now. He's sort on of a, at that point on, where on he knows what he wants. On an interesting note, it's interesting that long-term now refers to what he said, three years. Three years. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, football's come a long way that when is long-term is just three years. It, it wouldn't be a Man City game without an incident and Sergio Aguero oh. apparently was singing in the tunnel. Yeah. I don't know, some Spanish song, which Villarreal players and president all took offence to mm. so there was a little kerfuffle but um, yeah City just I, I thought you were going to mention the Johnson sh- head shaking when I he was substituted I just like the fact he used the word kerfuffle but <laughs> really um, I think it was Carlos Machena who was involved That's with, right, with Aguero yeah. in the tunnel and mm. I think it's all just a bit of nothing really yeah. it's, it's a player celebrating after scoring a winning goal in there's no thrown pizza in that tunnel yeah. <laughs> The other Group A game then. Uh, Napoli drew 1-1 with Bayern Munich. Morgan, uh, Napoli actually got a draw without having a single shot on yeah. target. But, but then again, Bayern, Bayern battered them. Bayern absolutely battered them, especially in the second half. And, you know, they got away with a couple of uh, handballs. They got away with a couple near shaves. And so I think Bayern would have comfortably win that game, if not for a good performance from the goalkeeper. Yeah, it was the first goal that Bayern had conceded in uh, something like a thousand minutes. Yeah, it's 11 games. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, they do have, in my opinion, the best goalkeeper in the world. I think that has something to do with it. And they've strengthened their defence. And, and curiously, two of the guys they brought in are former Manchester City players. Mm. Van Byten and Jerome, Jerome Boateng. Boateng. That's right. yeah. um, so they've really shorn up the, um, the defence. And they're managing without uh, Robin up front. Yep. Mm. Yep. Uh, so they, they're looking pretty good. Actually, they, actually they have to be contenders. Just on that point, actually, look out for Tony Cruz. I thought, you know... Frank Ribéry, Mario Gomez and Robin tend to get the headlines when Bayern plays simply because they dominate the ball, they create the chances and generally put away the goals. But Tony Cruz has been quietly very impressive this season. I think it's the next big thing to come out of Germany. Mm. In Group D, Real Madrid swept aside Lyon, uh, who usually prove to be quite difficult, but not on this occasion. Karim Benzema... Sammy Kadera, Mesut Ozil and Sergio Ramos with the goals there. Uh, the other Group D game, Ajax uh, beat Dinamo Zagreb 2-0. So Real Madrid with a 100% record in Group D on 9 points. Ajax and Lyon are on 4. Zagreb yet to score. On to Wednesday's games. Chelsea put 5 past Genk and that chap, number 9, what's his name? Fernando something. <laughs> He's quite good, isn't he? He's looking. I mean, he missed a couple of uh, other opportunities. But that, that to me, and we said this uh, the last two games he played in, that was the old Torres. What I really liked about uh, both goals were they were confident finishes, particularly the second one. Because yep. if you looked at it, there was very little pace on it. Yeah. And he had to make his, the accuracy was absolutely essential. Mm. But he looks like he's back to his best. Four in yes. four now. Yeah. yeah. For what Spanish. he showed also is that he's not just an out-and-out finisher. He does a lot of other stuff. Yep. I mean, he's no way he's like a Van Nistelrooy, just sort of lurks mm. around and six-yard box and knocks them in. Uh, he does a lot for his teammates. Very mm. unselfish, uh, creates a lot of space. Okay, the opposition were rubbish, but it was just the kind of game to give him some confidence, and it's a pity 
he's suspended for the game against QPR this weekend. Yeah, uh, they even managed to to rest Mata and Terry yeah. for that one. So D- yeah, doesn't, it, doesn't he get a little peck from um, who was it? Lewis before the game. Before the game, yes, a little bit of a yeah. And has he dyed his hair again recently? Because I I think he's gone. I'm telling you, that's what the secret was. (laughs) As soon as he went, you know, dark in Liverpool, that was the end of the career, right there. Nickname Samson. Go, go blonde. (laughs) That's 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 the message there. All right, the the other game in Group E, uh, Bayer Leverkusen came from behind with two second half goals to beat poor old Valencia two one. Shrewl and Sydney <coughs> Sam yeah, with the goal. I called this on Monday when everyone was saying Valencia are going to turn over Leverkusen. I said Andre Schuler is in the form of his life. Yeah. That's two goals in two games. And Leverkusen actually at home are a pretty tough team to beat. I, I thought they were yeah. extremely lucky. I thought Valencia battered them. Um, but, you know, yeah, fair enough. They got those two goals. Um, Sydney Sam, though, I thought was second. It, what the, a strike. The second goal. Was what a pass absolute. from Michael Bullock to set up the strike for Sydney yeah. Sam, and then what a finish. Amazing. He didn't do that when he was at Chelsea, did he? <laughs> no, he didn't. Not so much, no. Apparently, Chelsea players were saying, who's he? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's take a look at Arsenal. They had a very, very late winner scored by Aaron Ramsey. They won 1-0 in Marseille. All together now? 1-0 to the Arsenal. It it is, well, they're far from as solid as that old Arsenal, but... They're, they're learning to win ugly, and, and that's important. And that's despite Carl Jenkinson doing his best Richie McCaw impression, okay, and grabbing the ball in the penalty box. So that's good on Arsenal. Hmm. I, th- I think it's interesting because Wenger came out what, th- three, maybe four weeks ago and said that they, they really play a lot freer in Europe. And you yeah. can see they are a very different equation compared to the Premier League. But they just can't, they can't bring that type of form to the Premier League. Yeah. Um, well, even Koscielny had a good game. Koscielny yeah, yeah. did have a good the game. The much maligned Koscielny. Mm. Sure. But, yeah. but, but um, question marks over Theo Walcott and Andre Arshavin again. Yeah. Mm. Well, uh, I read something interesting about Arshavin. Um, one of the reasons put forward for his decline is apparently his agent didn't tell him about the high taxation rates in Britain. And he's <laughs> earning a lot less money than he thought. So he's not putting it coincided <laughs> with his with a drop in form. He should get a transfer to Anzi again as well. <laughs> I, I would have just scrapped the agent's fees. <laughs> that would have done me. It's interesting who came on for him. It was Ramsey, wasn't it? Yeah. Ramsey, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, sorry. Going back to Walker, I read an interesting stat this week about him. In the first six games of the the season, he had twenty two shots, um, six on target, and no goals. And he does seem to lack that final that piece, doesn't he? He gets into good positions, he does the running, but the actual end product just isn't there. And that, and that talks about player development, because if you remember, if you look back when Cristiano Ronaldo first joined United, the first season report card said, oh, fantastic at getting into positions, but yeah, unable to finish. Could do better. And you could see that in the following seasons, he actually improved, mm. and he technically got so much better, he made the right decisions, and Theo Walcott just doesn't do that. Well, he's, he's starting to annoy some, some of the Arsenal faithful as well. Starting to? Well, yeah. I, I think uh, Oxlade-Chamberlain already looks a better prospect. A nicer name, too. <laughs> <laughs> Ox in the box. <laughs> the Ox, Ox in, in the, the box. box. All right, well, the, the other Group F match, um, Olympiacos earned their first points by beating Borussia Dortmund 3-1. Turn up for the book. So Arsenal lead on seven points, Marseille second on six, then you've got Olympiacos on three, Dortmund with just the one point. Uh, we can't ignore Barcelona. They had a 2-0 win over Victoria Plzen. They actually didn't play very well. 
but still, what but, a goal though! What a goal, exactly. Andy Iniesta. I mean, it wasn't even a one-two; it was a one-two-three-four-five-six, yeah. and then he just flicks it over the defender mm. and props it. Past it reminded the me of Burkamp, actually. The type that sort of and that final little flick yeah, the over, little flick the over the little stuff defender, he used right. to do all the time. Frustrating night for Lionel Messi, proving that he is human. Well, he only maybe. beat about thirty-seven exactly. men. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. hit the post, uh, <laughs> hit made the post one goal. Yeah, I mean, rubbish, goal. really, wasn't yeah, it? Should have yeah. been taken, taken off. Taken right? off, yeah. Transferring. Hey, um, so Barca um, are, are top of their group. No, no, they're not. They they actually are second because AC Milan have a better head-to-head so far, yeah. having drawn at the new Camp. Milan had a two-nil win over Bati Borisov and Kevin Prince Boateng yeah. scored a scorcher, didn't he? Fantastic strike, fantastic first touch, fantastic strike. But aside from those two really good strikes, Milan actually were pretty ordinary against what you'd consider to be much, much weaker opposition. So a lot of work to be done. What there. was the opposition called again? <laughs> Bate Borisov. Was right. that it? Sorry, there you go. Just, just thinking of Ali G. <laughs> <laughs> okay, very quickly, uh, whiz through the Europa League. Stoke had a three-nil win over Maccabi Tel Aviv. Jer- uh, Cameron Jerome scored, uh, set up a goal as well for for. Someone Ryan. got sent off, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, I, I think it, it yeah, tells when Tony Pulis' oh, whole whole post match comments are all about players getting sent off and how you're robbing the fans of their money. I think that shows how easy was a ride for Stoke in Europe mm. Mm. well they, they, they're doing fine two wins and a draw after three games seven points they lead Dinamo Kiev by two points and then you've got Besiktas a further four points behind and Maccabi Tel Aviv uh, prop up Group E in the Europa League in Group H Birmingham City went to Belgium and beat Brugge 2-1 you know, I, I think credit to Birmingham I mean they brought something like five five and a half thousand fans with them and they seem to be really enjoying this can I say it European adventure <laughs> um, you know I think they've got something like a couple of wins isn't it mm. or, yeah. well they, exactly two wins one loss they, they joint top with Brugge yeah. better head ahead I, I think they're, they're seizing this up op- they're just thinking you know what we're in the championship now we're not having a great we've had to sell off a lot of our major players we've got a new manager Let's just make this into something special. And you can see the amount of fans that are going to the games because that's the second time I think they've brought over 5,000 away fans mm. with them. That's more They're really they enjoying it to, uh, to Birmingham. To Aston Villa, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fulham were the only English team not to win. They lost in Poland. Wisla Krakow won Fulham nil. Musa Dembele yeah. got red carded. And, um, well, they're still second. They're still in with a chance. And that was their 20th match of the exactly. season. Exactly. <laughs> you know, credit. They want a mid season break in November. <laughs> <laughs> they, they want to put their feet up very, very soon. Um, okay. Spurs? It, did you mention Spurs? Uh, yeah, yeah, oh, sorry, sorry, yeah, sorry. yeah. Spurs had a. Two, well, their reserve side yeah. won, didn't they? And Pavlachenko. Nice free kick. And well, it wasn't quite, though, was it? They had to bring on uh, Modric yeah, and Asuakoto yeah. at the end. But to be fair, Bob, this is the same Ruben Kazan team that has troubled Barcelona in the last two or three yeah. years. Mm. So, you know, fair play to them with the reserve side to be able to match them. And oh, yes, they did need reinforcements at the end, but fair play to come out with a win. Mm. Mm. So, Spurs top Group A are on seven points, two points clear of the Greek side P-A-O-K and then Rubin and Shamrock Rovers yet to score just before we go for a break uh, we, we, have to, we have to highlight this um, Richard Bevan who's the chief executive of the <coughs> League Managers Association told the conference in London on Tuesday the day that Stone Roses decided to come back <laughs> together coincidence I don't know but uh, Richard Bevan said that um, the overseas owned clubs were talking privately about trying to make the top flight a closed shop they want to 
get rid of relegation. I know Bob's already steaming off. Steam's coming out of his ears here. I think it's a brilliant idea. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So do I. And you know who's right behind it? The owners of Blackburn Rovers. Hey, fantastic surprise, idea surprise. right there. Well, well, this is it. I mean, if, if, if you look at the, the, the foreign owners, I mean, you've got to say the, the Arsenal, the Man U, the Liverpools, they won't even mention. I mean, I relegation won't even come into there's the There's an American emphasis, well bias here slightly because it doesn't exist in a lot of the American leagues um, but I just it's I'm not even I saw that headline didn't yeah. even bother reading the story I thought and it's going nowhere and Richard Scudamore has come out today and denied it and said there's absolutely no traction to the no. story whatsoever I, I, I think that's you would get the right thing. you would get the Premier League atrophying that you know, would mean it would just the whole, die. the whole game well that would mean clubs mm. like Nottingham Forest exactly well I, you did notice that we were the first club that angry, Alex right? Ferguson mentioned when he uh, said it was suicide we were the first one to come out of his mouth and he, he mentioned a few he could have mentioned about Sheffield, he could have yeah. mentioned 30 or 40 clubs yeah. mm. who have got premiership aspirations or have been in the premiership or won the European Cup That's or right. something mm. and they ju- you just want to cut them off well I think I'll just leave it that Dave Whelan he, I think he summed it up he best. said it best the most stupid idea I've heard in my life we, we've had some Facebook comments, ludicrous, uh, ridiculous, silly, this, this must come from Blackburn. <laughs> um, but, uh, I mean, would you point the finger at them? Well, I mean, it would be Blackburn. Would, would Tony Fernandez being a foreigner? No, no. Tony, Tony Fernandez wouldn't. Uh, He's I'm culturally sure he wouldn't. quite sensitive. Ellis Short must be yeah. one American, definitely, who's going, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I honestly think it, it's a lack of awareness of culture because um, – when you are, let's say, for example, Pravin went over to Australia and bought up a cricket team. I know that's not a good example, actually. Let's think of another I scenario. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Something you wouldn't know anything about. I let's say Aussie Rules. Rugby. There we go. Right. An Aussie, an Aussie Rules team. team. He knows very little about the culture, the background, the history of it. And some suggestions that to him objectively seem to make economic sense. Yes, we're raising ticket prices. Right. Would be abhorred by, you know, the hardcore, f- not even the hardcore, the r- regular going we're public. We're also banning beer at the stadium. You see? He hasn't got a clue. So <laughs> I think that's partially what's come out of this is a lack of uh, cultural awareness when it comes to the English football game. Because it is, it is quite, when you look at it historically, there, there's so much attached to it. And nowadays, particularly in the last 10 years, we've had a lot of foreign owners. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Mm. But when they bring um, a lack of awareness for the way things work, and I'm not talking... Uh, traditional values I'm talking about just normal rules yeah, like yeah, relegation yeah. <laughs> then, then it's quite a dangerous thing and I honestly think this has got no legs on it this story it's, it's not just that because what you lose out when you don't have relegation in a closed system is you lose that thrill and the excitement exactly. that the lower teams scrap for yeah. you, the incentive for the teams in the lower leagues as Bob has put it to come up and the excitement of all the other teams and then you get back the same question well would anybody watch Bolton and QPR if there wasn't anything yeah. at all yeah, it's exactly. there. there's got to be something well, that's, that's, why, in, uh, sorry, and that's yeah. why in America um, sorry, formal uh, sports. Yeah. There's not as many punch-ups because mm. <laughs> there's not so much riding <laughs> yes, on. That's it. exactly why, Ray. Fantastic. <laughs> well, Ex- excellent. That, that's where we leave it for part one. Remember, tweet us at BFM Radio, SMS Studio on zero one six two zero one nine thousand. Follow us on Facebook, Football on BFM. Back after this. Hi, I'm John Barnes. Thank Friday, it's football.
And you're back with me, Ross Yusuf, along with Bob Holmes, Ray Jennings and Dr. Pravin Paraba. We're taking a look at the BPL weekend and it's first v second on Sunday. It's it's too early in the season to call this a title decider, but if you win, you would certainly put a marker down, wouldn't you? It's Man U versus Man City. Um, We mentioned earlier on that Roberto Mancini said that he might like to stay longer. Let's hear him speak about that. I would like to stay here for many years and in the future, but it's not important my contract. I have another this year plus one more year. I don't have problem for, for this. You know, in football, every week can change, but uh, now we, we are working well. Uh, I think that uh, I would like to stay here other three, four years, because I think that in this moment, Manchester City is one of the best clubs in the world. Credit's got to be given to Roberto Mancini. He's he's making Mario Balotelli quite a useful striker, isn't he? Four and four now. Four. I, I, I don't think any of the City strikers are off form, are they? Yeah. I mean, look at the amount of talent he's got to call on. Even Tevez, who looks like he's back in the uh, back in the frame. But um, I think this is going to be a fascinating game because City really so far. Um, apart from Spurs have had relatively straightforward games mm. and, and Spurs because they had a really poor start to the season United have I think had now uh, Chelsea Liverpool um, Arsenal. Arsenal so they, they've had you know you played them all yeah, yeah a tough oh, I'm sorry of, should I not include Arsenal in there I'm sorry <laughs> I meant Wigan <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. um, United have beaten City in the Community Shield 3-2 is that going to count for anything you reckon no I don't think so at no. all and I think momentum's with City yeah. um, and I think for the first time as a United fan I'm looking at City with different glasses on I'm, I'm actually I wouldn't say I'm scared but I'm very wary of them because of the amount of talent they've got and Mancini even though there's still these rumours that there's you know splits in the dressing room it's working mm. it's a lot better I mean you're talking about you know all my mates point out to me well we're not worried because it's Fortress Old Trafford we've won 19 games in a row there but if you were worried that one team could come and beat you there it probably Absolutely. would be City and people may not admit it as much but it probably would be and you know kudos to Mancini for what yeah. Ray said he's made Mario Balotelli into a productive striker you had Balotelli come out in the press and say I've got no fight with Rio Ferdinand so not only is he being productive he's being mature mm. who would have thought that exactly maybe, maybe he was mistranslated he might have been as well and, and Mancini's Villa game managed last to week, eliminate yeah. so many of the you know elements in the dressing room that were divisive he's got them all united on the same front and honestly, they've got a defence, a really strong defence and goalkeeper that's yeah. capable of trying to hold United, and that's the key probably to trying to beat Manchester United. Do, do, do you see Fortress Old Trafford being being um, uh, broken into this weekend? Uh, no, I, I think United have, have still got the edge over City. I, I think um, if you, you look at the defence, for example, individually you, you would say that United are, are a lot better. Um, whoever plays, and Vidic... Vidic can play because that that red card won't affect him. Well, the two United centre backs are better than the right back of Man City. Right? I, I I think the problem with the United defence at the moment is it's just it lacks continuity. It's changing week yeah. in week out. Whether it's suspensions or yeah. you take Ferdinand, he's continually injured. Um, so there's very little stability there. And I think if if depending on who he sets up with, you know, it could be Smalling Vidic in the middle. 
um, uh, they could be there for the taking. Which brings another good point because it depends on Mancini. Let, let's not forget that last season he went to United and put out what was largely a defensive team and mm. tried to hold them off until mm. they took the lead before he threw on Jacko and everyone else and finally lost to a Wayne Rooney wonder goal. If Mancini goes there thinking, I'm going to try and contain them, I'm going to try and absorb United pressure, I think they'll get turned over. If he goes there and puts out the attacking players he has, who have been the most prolific scorers in the league so far, I think it will be a game. Mm. I think if Cleverly's on, that's going to be a very open game. But for me, the key player for City is Silva. Mm. You know, he, he was man-marked by Rodwell the other week against Everton, and that, even though they lost, was quite effective. Mm. And I think um, Ferguson might be thinking along those lines, because take him out of the equation... City are quite a different team. Well, he was taken out of the equation uh, by Villarreal, wasn't he? He mm. didn't do much there. Mm. And I think another another guy, you say that uh, City's strikers are all on form. What about Dzeko? Yeah. I don't mm. think he's on form, is he? Oh, yeah, he's gone off the boil a bit. I, well, but I he's think he's going to be dropped for Balotelli. I think he's going to bring Balotelli back in the team and sacrifice but Dzeko because Dzeko has looked a bit off the boil in the last is, couple of games. Isn't it a case of one, one yeah. player will have a couple of put yeah, someone else yeah, in yeah. and uh, they've just got a wealth of talent to pick well, from United, United can do that as well can't they I mean you know, well, well not they, as much but I don't you know got, look at the midfield yeah. well, you we talked about Tevez we, said, we talked about the Tevez thing we said how many teams could take out one of their best players and still be top of the league yeah. if you took out let's say a Suarez out of Liverpool or you took out a Rooney out of United yes they're quality replacement but take away your best player and Tevez was their best player last season and yet you still have that strength in depth to challenge and to be top of the table I yeah but they've had an easy programme uh, United have played all the top teams. City haven't, but not this well. Yeah, I've got. So I look at United. Well, they did okay against Arsenal, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, and that that was possibly I'm the sorry, last you said top teams. Didn't you? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was. We should say actually, one of the producers is in the studio, Andy, and he's an Arsenal fan. Hence the uh, little references there. But you know, they, they did have a good start. First three, actually, first game West Brom wasn't great, but the following three games were fantastic. And Arsenal was the last big win. Yeah. Since then, they've gone back to what they were playing last season, mm. just grinding out these results getting yeah maybe two three goals but not looking convincing at yeah. all you know somebody i think they're missing carlos queros mm. he really organized the defense mm. and mm. Uh, most notably again uh, just before they played barcelona in when they beat barcelona in the semi-final of the champions mm. league barcelona uh, i think united won one zero over the two legs yeah. Yeah. so united so barcelona didn't score yeah. and apparently Queros absolutely drilled United uh, on an unbelievable scale. Mm. They were there morning, noon, and night, and and he was brilliant with the defence. And on he, top of he didn't make a manager; he was a bit too negative. Yeah. But as a defensive coach. I think he's being missed. You've both got very good points because it comes to what you're saying. As you say, the United defence looks a bit disorganised and it comes to what racing. There was no continuity. Bear in mind, that defence against Barcelona had Ferdinand and Vidic mm. who played together some 30-odd games that mm. season, which for them was a large number. And so when you have the kind of continuity in someone, like you said, who's really good at organising the defence, it does make a difference. And mm. you worry for United because they're mixing and matching at the moment. Yep. Yeah. Draw. Well, <laughs> this is a tie for late goals, this one. Man United, Man City. Five late goals in the last eight games. By late, I mean 90 minutes or later. Yeah. Uh, Owen, Michael Owen, has seven goals in eight Premier League games against, against Man City. City I, yeah. I looked at that, I was like, wow. Yeah, but I think that's sort of stretching back yes. 300 years. Yes, it? exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's the early kickoff. It's the early Sunday game. Man United, Man City from Old Trafford is at eight. 30 kickoff. Next up, we, we look at QPR versus Chelsea. We're going to hear from QPR's uh, midfielder, Sean Derry, here. He's talking about the big game and on manager Neil Warnock finally getting recognition. I think he's 
started to this last four or five years, you know, um, perhaps prior to that, you know, people were kind of, you know, labelling him as whatever they wanted to, um, as this kind of guy who got up people's noses and perhaps rubbed them up the wrong way. But, you know, I can only speak on behalf of what we as the boys feel, and that is by going into the training field every single day, knowing that you're going to enjoy your work. And as a professional footballer, that's great. You don't want to be going in, into the changing room, onto the training field, and going in there with a bad feeling about approaching your work. Neil never lets you do that. He always encourages you to really express yourself, and um, you know I think we're doing that. This is what you try and strive for in your professional career: is to play against these type of teams, against the world-class players that these teams possess. Um, you know, I for one can't wait for the forthcoming games to arrive. This is what you look for in the fixtures before the season starts and now that they're here you want to try and give the best what you can give on the day and um, make it difficult for your opponents QPR midfielder Sean Derry speaking ahead of the big game the big West London derby against Chelsea question guys if Fulham put six past QPR Chelsea put five past Genk I fear for Rangers hmm. this is one of those Doesn't algebra like that, things does it? isn't it no, of course, of course it doesn't. But, I mean, it's a local derby. It's going to be feisty, and, right? And it is a particularly spicy one. They really don't Q- like each other. I, I was at uh, QPR maybe three years ago against Co- Coventry, and I was actually in the Coventry end. Long story. Um, <laughs> and the QPR songs, they were often referring to, you know, their, their default setting was hating Chelsea. Not, you know, Fulham, which is you know not too far away either, or Brentford, <laughs> which is just up the road. It was actually anti-Chelsea. So there's a lot of animosity between these two teams. Yeah. But um, I don't think it's going to be. Um, the result, uh, yeah, I, I, I think Chelsea will win it. Mm. I think. I, I think actually, um, VS Boyce is doing doing a very good job. He's he rotating is. well. Mm. He's sort of started with the main squad, but he's Ooh. dropping players at the right time. Mata's turning into a very exciting, I think, midfielder. I think they'll win it by a good couple of goals. But I think Rangers will put up a good fight. Yeah. We talked about Villas Boas and having to integrate new younger players mm. into that veteran squad. You look at the comparison with Italy and how Inter Milan are struggling because they haven't integrated new players. And he's got Mata in there. Of course, they obviously bought Torres, who's a lot younger than their Sturridge. original players. They've got Sturridge. They've got Oriel Romeo. Only Lukaku hasn't really made much of an impact so far. And he's doing a good job. You look at the stats, and Chelsea are second in terms of the number of shots on goal to Manchester City mm-hmm. that's a surprising stat so Chelsea are actually looking and playing dynamic football no one's paying them a lot of attention because the yeah. headlines are being grabbed yeah. by either you know United North or West, City yeah. every day of the week but Chelsea are doing a good job I think they'll turn over QPR yeah I think he's doing brilliantly you can see why they were prepared to pay 13 million for him can't you Lampard's um, like a new player yeah I mean he's handled uh, <laughs> I mean this is not an easy place to go you've got no. big personalities in yeah. the dressing room coming to the end of their careers I mean, another guy coming in could have really messed it up, could have alienated Drogba, Terry, Lampard, one or two others. Uh, But he's managed to be all things to all men. He's tried youngsters. He's not alienated the old guys. And he's got a real balance there. And he's putting his own imprint on the team. Mm. I think he's done magnificently. It's it's a question of communication. You look at what happened. Mancini drops Tevez at City. And you look at the reaction and subsequent fallout. (laughs) Villas Boas drops Frank Lampard at Chelsea. And you look at the reaction. Lampard tries even harder and actually gets back. And what was interesting about that was the media storm that they whipped up around that. Trying to really dig it up and read more into it. And ultimately, Lampard is not a 
spring chicken. And yeah. this is going to catch up with him yep. sometime in the next season or two. So it was inevitable. And I think he's handled that really, really well. Yeah. What, what about Joey Barton speaking out this week about, um, about rugby players, England players? Ryan being Giggs. Yeah. About yeah. Ryan Giggs, yeah. To be, to be honest, I've sort of don't, I've, I haven't listened to him for a couple of seasons because he talks through his nose most of the time. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just take what he says with a pinch of salt. But one thing about Joey Barton, I think Newcastle are a better team without him. <laughs> he speaks about everything, doesn't he? I think he'll be running for Parliament next. <laughs> Prolific on Twitter. Mm. QPR Chelsea is a Sunday 11 o'clock kickoff. Liverpool entertain Norwich uh, Sunday at, at uh, half past midnight. This one this is late Saturday. It's the third game on Saturday. Let's hear from Norwich boss Paul Lambert. He's talking about the big game. Nobody expects us to get anything from, from the Anfield. But we're looking forward to getting up there. So t- history tells you it's an absolutely wonderful football club and some great players have, have played up there but we've as I said before at Old Trafford we've earned the right to play and we'll go up there and try and win um, Norwich if they put on a show like they did at Old Trafford a couple of weeks ago they might cause Liverpool a few problems they're, they're very adaptable aren't they Norwich you know and they, they play that passing game and Lambert's taken them up two promotions on the trot they play good football and they're not intimidated by big teams it is very often the sort of scenario of a team coming up you know we look at Blackpool and Burnley and whatever um, but Norwich I think are a very very solid team mm. I, they'll give them a game it, it wasn't just United it was Chelsea yeah. away Stamford Bridge bear in yeah. mind Juan Mata scored in the 93rd minute for yeah. a flattering 3-1 yeah. win but they struggled yeah. for the majority of that game and this mm. is the Chelsea that we were just singing their praises of Andre Villas-Boas earlier as far as Liverpool go, I think this is going to be a very, very big game for Andy Carroll. I think the jury is still out on Andy yeah, Carroll. If anything, so. they're more negative than they are positive. And uh, Kenny probably will start with Carroll and Suarez up front against Norwich and expect uh, Carroll to deliver. And I think if he doesn't deliver in this game, the bench looks like it will happen. Well, they, they, they played, didn't they, Liverpool against Rangers yep. on yeah, Tuesday. They mm. lost 1-0. Carroll and, was and involved. Carroll was abysmal. Yeah, in that I game. read. Absolutely. That Aside from the fact that he should have got a penalty right at the end of the game, he was absolute rubbish in that game. And that's got to be a real cause of concern for but all Liverpool don't, fans. Don't you feel when he plays that five midfield and Carroll, uh, yeah. uh, sorry, Suarez up on his, on his own, yeah. they, they just have a better shape. That's because there's a lot more mobility. Everyone mm. moves, everyone's going around the ball and when they play Carroll they tend to lump the ball up and the mm. mobility is lost and he's but, got the mobility but having said that but having said that let's be honest you can't fit into a system if you wanted to I mean John Toshak played with Kevin Keegan for many years in that same system and if you really wanted to fit into the system you'd tailor your players yeah. around it I think at the moment it's just too much whenever Carroll's on we'll lump the ball up and see what happens I think you know if he'd, if he'd gone for like 10-12 million there would yeah. be nowhere near exactly. this amount yeah. of pressure yeah. 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 yeah but it wouldn't make him a better player no, and, no. and the mystery is why would why were they so desperate to to get him? But they paid twenty million too much. Now you'd think that they had some master plan, and he was the key to this whole thing, wouldn't you? Instead of that, he's not even worth his place on the bench. Actually, Bob, I think that was just a knee-jerk reaction mm. to Fernando Torres going, and they I said, think it was "Well, a statement. Got well they've got Suarez in. though, hadn't no, they? No, but they got Suarez earlier. He was coming all through the window, mm. and then suddenly you lose Torres, and they said, "Well, if we're going to lose him, we better get someone well, in." in and and as, as John Henry said, the price at the end of the day was determined by Newcastle. John Henry said we were going to get. 15 million pounds more for Torres than whatever we paid yeah. for Carroll for Newcastle. Mm. So it was know. almost a statement yeah. to say, look, we're still up there with the yeah. big boys. Yeah. Yeah. We'll pay that money even though he's Especially not Especially when it. you think with 35 million pounds, you probably could have got Aguero. Yeah. You probably could have got Karim Benzema at that yeah. point. You probably could have got Higuain or at David point. Nugent. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's about Snyder. two pence 50, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. When, yeah. When, when you play Norwich, you, you might 
get a penalty. Um, they've conceded five penalties in their eight matches so far, so so Liverpool might well get one. Liverpool-Norwich is a late Saturday night game, half past midnight, Sunday morning. That one starts. Blackburn are taking on Spurs. Um, now, there's rumours of, of another um, demonstration in the offing, a la Taxi Steve Keen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, no, every week we say, is this going to be a test? Is this going to be his last game? Well, uh, he's I, staying on because uh, he's uh, on the books of the agent who is running the show. Uh, that's the reason he survived so long. Otherwise, he would have been out probably after about three games. Wasn't there something about his son as well? His son yeah, son on the books. The yeah, agent's son. Agent the agent's son, yeah. not Steve King's yeah. son. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. But he hasn't played. Yeah. He's he's rubbish, apparently. But they um, okay. they hired him. Well, <laughs> well, I've heard the demonstrations actually for no more relegation from the Premier League. Good for you, son. <laughs> you won't see them chickening there you out. Go. Hey. <laughs> Blackburn's but does anybody see Blackburn getting anything out no. of this no, one? No. I, th- I think the game against Arsenal, the victory, the win against Arsenal, was a bit a uh, bit unusual. Um, and particularly Arsenal at that time in the season weren't, mm. weren't fantastic. Mm. I mean, actually, if you look at Blackburn on paper, they're, they're not that bad. They've got some good young players in there, like Hoylet and yep. what's his name? Re- Re- oh, I can't remember his name now. But um, And you've got a bit of experience with Yakubu, and they're not that bad. Yeah, but I Sandler. honestly do think, yeah, yeah, I honestly think Keane, he just lacks the experience. They've lost that defensive organization that they had under Sam Allardyce yeah. whenever you went to Blackburn you knew you were going to be in for a game you and knew before that, that Bolton Nelson, and yeah, yeah, you knew exactly. that Nelson and mm-hmm. Samba at the back would be really solid and even when he brought in Michelle Salgado who practically can't walk you thought that they would still be pretty solid defensively and at the moment they're absolutely terrible well, it, it's, it's not surprising they, they want to abolish relegation because <laughs> if they go down they're unlikely to come back up again really are they yeah no, but there's, no. I mean you seem to be la- laying the blame for this <laughs> relegation thing on <laughs> firmly at the door of the Venkis um, there's no evidence for this true, whatsoever true, true. <laughs> I, I, st- I, th- I think ultimately what it keeps coming back to is how Sam Allardyce was sacked why more importantly mm. because they've actually replaced a manager with a, a good track record for survival at this level at yeah. this level yeah, exactly uh, with basically a, a guy that has absolutely no experience and, and he could well be replaced by West Ham a club managed by yeah, Sam Allardyce exactly yeah. uh, there was a suspicion that uh, Keane was behind the coup as well I mean he's vehemently denied it but that uh, suspicion I think still lingers in the minds of some Blackburn fans because it was the way they dealt with Sam Allardyce was a very very dirty yeah, way yeah. of getting rid of him I mean he didn't deserve to go in the first place but the way they did it was shocking and to be replaced by your right hand yep. man you know you, you've got to race questions about that haven't you and I think that's why the fans yeah. uh, as, as much as the performances on the field I think that's why they want to get rid of Keane mm. and if you've heard Sam Allardyce's comments after he was sacked and I've never called Sam Allardyce a gentleman although he tried to steer away from it you could see there was a lot of displeasure towards Keane and the fact that Keane was now the manager so yeah I think there definitely is some traction to that story mm. alright Blackburn Spurs then there's a Sunday 10 o'clock kickoff Arsenal are taking on Stoke that one kicks off at 8.30 on Sunday here is Arsenal skipper Robin Van Persie talking about his future I saw loads of uh, comments about uh, a story like that so I just uh, thought maybe after one or two days it will go away but it didn't went away it just stayed and it uh, became a bigger issue uh, so I just felt uh, it was um, time to explain that uh, yeah, story well, and uh, I think I did in the, the matchday program. 
I'm committed, as I say. This is my eighth year. So if you can say about one player that he is committed, it's me, I think. I think after his performance last week, big Stan Kroenke should be getting the checkbook out and, and paying him whatever he wants. He's right. only 70 grand a week, isn't it? Yeah, he's on surely he's, yeah, he's worth he's double a, that. Yeah. He's 100 grand a week, man, isn't he? Minimum. At the, yeah, at the very least. And, I mean, if he goes, then, you know, you cannot deny that Arsenal are a selling club. Mm. Uh, I mean, OK, Vermeulen has signed on. Mm. But, I mean, Vermeulen, as good as he is, he's not Van Persie. Van Persie is the star man at mm. Arsenal now. And to lose uh, Fabregas and Nasri... And then Van Persie, even if it comes six months or nine months later, uh, I don't think the fans would tolerate that. Are, are Stoke going to prove any sort of resistance? They've managed one goal and six shots in their last three visits to the Emirates. I think, And, and this is coming off the back of the Europa as well. And they, they lost to Swansea and got battered by... Mind you, the Sunderland goals weren't brilliant. There was a lot of fortune with them. But coming off the Europa League games, they don't play well. They're away yeah. from home. Mm. Um, and also, I think this is... They've got a group of seven games in 21 days in the middle of October. Um, sorry, post October. So I think they're going to be quite tired. Yeah. Um, I could see Arsenal winning this. I think it's a very important game for them. Having said that, this is exactly the kind of game Stoke would like. Up against Mertesacker, who, despite being six foot twenty-three inches, is absolutely useless in the air, and against Koscielny, who doesn't win hardly anything in the air. Now you've got all your big defenders going in. You've got Peter Crouch if he's fit. Uh, I think this is the kind of game Stoke will actually relish. I think they probably can get something from the Emirates. The only only concern being, as Ray said, post-European games, they tend to have that hangover. So mm. that could be the only problem. They've even got a successor to the dilapidator. Shotton, who's been practicing his long throw. Right. And, of course, guess what he's going to be called? The shotgun. Uh, <laughs> I think he's got his own towel as well, which is great. Uh, Newcastle play Wigan on Saturday at 10 o'clock. Newcastle... Uh, in fourth this is Alan Pardew proud of the way his Newcastle side have performed so far this season we've got a team here that have come from a different type of route to Tottenham players most of those world class players brought in on big salaries and big fees we've assembled a, a, a team from all sort of parts of the world and from different areas from the championship etc so we're a good advertisement for, for players uh, that uh, that um, have not gone the the Swanee route, you know. We're kind of you have to fight. A few of our players are fighting for their careers, fighting to be better, fighting to be a top player, and um, and that makes us dangerous. And I think we're going to be a dangerous side uh, against the top teams as as well as everybody else. That's uh, Newcastle manager with his fighting talk, um, Alan mm. Pardew. There, they're fourth. Uh, they, they have got 19th place Wigan. You would expect them to win this. I'm just not sure that France constitutes all over the world, given that <laughs> everyone he's bought is from France. Well, all and, eight of them. And, and, and there's, there's definitely some communication issues because Demba Ba and Johan Kabaye revealed that his team talk at halftime against Spurs was, well, in the second half, we're attacking downhill at St. James's Park. So it's on our side. And that really pumped up the players. So there well, you it's go. never been a level playing field. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, Bob. I tell you, no, I think um, credit to them, though. I mean, everybody yeah. predicted beginning of the season, particularly with Nolan going and a couple of other high-profile transfers, that they would struggle. But I think they've of, of the games, all the Premier League games they've mm. started this season, eight players have started every single game. Yeah. And that defence, the Cruel and Goal, uh, the Taylors, not related, um, and Colicini and who's it, Samps, Samson on the, uh, Simpson on the yeah, other Simpson side. On the right side. These, those have played pretty much every, yeah. game. every defensive game, Do and that's so why. Do, do, do we think um, Newcastle's chairman is, is due some praise for the oh, way he... No, I raised that last week and I was howled down 
No, I think well, I'm Christmas. Hold, yeah. Come Christmas, yeah. then... If they're got, still there. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, if you want to give anyone some praise, Alan Pardew has got good players in at a very cheap cost. He's got Johan Kabaye, who starred for Lille last year. He's got Dembaba, who impressed in patches for West Ham. Mm. You know, Obert... Well, you got Obertan. So yeah, you got... Yeah, let, moving on, moving on. But, but, you know, he, he really tried <laughs> and he's built the team. I think if anyone's going to get any praise at mm. this point, it probably would be Alan Pardew, who also got, you know, derided or, when he... Or the scout, comedian Alan Carl's oh, yeah, dad. Who brought them all in? That's right. Really? I yeah. didn't know that. There you yeah. go. But the best, the best player they got is Ben Arthur, and he was uh, he was signed under Chris Hewton. Mm. Yep. Mm. Okay. Um, other games this weekend: Wolves are playing Swansea. That's the early kickoff on Saturday at seven forty-five. Bolton against Sunderland, ten o'clock Saturday, and Aston Villa, West Brom. Then on Sunday, the other game we haven't mentioned is Fulham against Everton. Here is producer Andy then with uh, three things we should look out for this weekend. Hello, three things indeed. Well, I've got to start with the big one, haven't I? It's got to be called. Uh, I actually just checked out a Sky Sports poll. Swansea Wolves. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, Arsenal Stoke. Of course, Arsenal Stoke. No, uh, it's the big Manchester derby, isn't it? Uh, 74.3% on this poll reckon United are going to win it. So, got to go against the grain. I actually think uh, City are going to take it. Just got a funny feeling. Uh, Pravin mentioned 19 in a row United have won. Yeah. I mean... It's unbelievable, but I have to agree if anyone's going to do a number over them, it's City. And uh, City have been pretty decent to watch. It's all up to Mancini. So that's your first thing to look out for, Mm -hmm. City to win. Yeah, City to win. And uh, secondly, RVP, Robin Van Persie, he will score. To leave? uh, To (laughs) score. Oh, sorry, sorry. I feel like every time he scores, uh, the contract issue will be brought up. And if he doesn't score, people will say it's because he wants a bigger contract. But uh, you can't deny his scoring record. He's scored 28 in his last 35 in all competitions. And uh, he's actually scored 23 of Arsenal's 45 goals in the Premier League in 2011, which is pretty ridiculous. He's due so. for an injury soon, though, isn't he? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's about this time of the year. Uh, Bobby's his mouth, eh? be about our luck, wouldn't it? And uh, thirdly, Blackburn not to lose against Spurs. And at this point, you're probably saying, are these things to look out for just things that Andy wants to happen? <laughs> <laughs> oh, are these things to look out for? Randomly picks out by throwing darts at a wall. But, you know, Blackburn are unbeaten against London opposition this season. Two draws and a win. Yes, but uh, they played Arsenal, so I mean, that doesn't count. Yeah, yeah, that was strange, that one. But everything will be against Steve Keane. We'll see another protest. And last time they had a protest, you know, they beat one of the best sides around 4-3. So they didn't li- beat United. What's that? <laughs> Shamrock Rovers. <laughs> Lightning could strike twice. But the stats don't really support me on this one as uh, <laughs> <laughs> Blackburn have that. won just one of their last eight league games. Uh, funny that. They are pretty rubbish. And they've kept just one clean sheet in their last 15. So the stats are against me. But this is one of the most exciting leagues in the world for this reason. We get upsets. Three big shouts there from Andy. Three things to look out for. City winning, Robin Van Persie to score, and Blackburn to get something against Spurs. People on our Facebook page actually have been commenting, and uh, we asked for some score predictions. We also asked if it was a title decider. This was rightly shooed away at far too early to decide the title. But Abinash Raj reckons 2-1 to City, and Nasrul Jani reckons 3-2. So... Should be a is that, is that where you there, got right? your inspiration from? Our Facebook page. <laughs> yeah, you got to show love to the I, Facebook page. I was you? I was loving when Andy said, "Yeah, I agree with Pravin City going to win." Then I heard the Blackburn thing, so not so much now. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's all the time we have. Many thanks to Bob Holmes. Thank you. 
Thanks to Pravin Paraba. Thanks, Ross. Thanks, producer Andy, for three things to look out for. And, and thank you, Ray Jennings. Have a lovely weekend. Indeed. We will be back on Monday, 7.30 to 8.30. Uh, until then, what Ray says, have a good one.